right. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. I asked you guys if you wanted this topic to be a podcast or a YouTube video, and mostly everybody slid up and said both, uh, just because it's a very good podcast topic, but lots of people who are on my YouTube channel wanted to hear me talk about this, um, which is a very controversial topic. Um, I'm finally talking about it uh, after a year of experiencing. Um, it's been a little over a year since I experienced um, just something very, very negative and difficult, um, something very hard to talk about. Um, but I didn't talk about it for a long time, but now I feel like I'm in a healed space enough to actually speak on the issue from experience. Um, but yeah, so if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, go grab a coffee, go grab, go grab a seat somewhere comfy. Maybe if you're driving somewhere, you know, just pace yourself because this isn't the easiest topic to discuss. Um, it's going to make some people mad. It's going to make some people disagree. Um, but hopefully the goal in all of this is that people who have experienced what I'm going to be talking about would feel more known, would feel seen, and know that they are not alone in experiencing uh, just some of the stuff that I experienced. So yeah, so this is not the easiest thing to talk about. Um, I will say it was the hardest time in my life, um, but I need to give quite a bit of a backstory for you guys to really see where I'm coming from, and, and yeah. Um, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit is the one talking and not me, because I do have very strong opinions on this topic and some of the things that I went through, um, so I don't want me to be the one speaking. I really need God to take over, because this is a tricky topic to talk about, um, but yeah. So I grew up in church for a majority of my life. Um, I, I got saved when I was very, very little, um, and I loved Jesus from then on out. I got really serious about my faith when I was about 15. I do need to make an updated testimony video if you want to hear my testimony. Um, it's the first episode of my podcast, and it's also one of my first YouTube videos, but I will make an updated YouTube video um, at some point soon. Um, the podcast version is a lot more updated if you want to go listen to that. Um, but yeah, so I got really serious about my faith at 15. Um, I started attending youth groups, and I joined a youth group when I was going into 10th grade, and it was amazing. My best years of my life were there. Um, I have nothing but good things to say about those people, that church, that community, um, yeah, they are a big reason that pastor, Pastor Jeff and Pastor Sammy were my people and they loved me and taught me so much about Jesus and I'm still connected to them today. Um, and I, I text them or message them with questions or um, they encourage me and it's really, really cool. So I experienced such a sweet community, the local body of Christ um, from a young age and I saw what church was supposed to look like, uh, which really was such a good benefit for me as when I moved and went to this other church that caused all of these problems um, in my life, I had something to fall back on and be like, no, 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 this is what it's supposed to look like. I've experienced what the real, like what it should feel like um, to be a part of a local body. And this is, at least in my experience, this is not it. Um, and so I've seen both. I've seen the healthy, and of course, let's preface this with every single church is made up of people 
um, people that are broken, people that are healing. I hope the most broken people you find in your lifetime are the people you find at church because they have to be there. We're all there. We're all there to get closer to Jesus. We're all there to um, have fellowship just like the Bible asks us to. Um, that's the point of the church. And so you want broken people there, but oftentimes broken people hurt you. Um, and and so, yeah, so that's that's why the church will hurt people. It's not God. It's the broken people that need God. Um, and I'm broken, and I'm sure I have hurt many people. Um, and in the process of me getting hurt by this particular church, I hurt people in the process too. Um, and so, like, I'm not, not at fault. Um, but, yeah, so let's just talk about what the church actually is. Um, the church is meant to be a place where you get filled up uh, so that you can go pour out into your community. Um, and a, a big reason for the church is just to have fellowship, to meet other believers and to, um, become friends with other believers that can encourage you, build you up in your faith, um, so that you can go out into whatever, you know, workplace you're in or whatever, um, like activity you do and pour into the people who don't know Jesus, um, and have those believer friends that you can fall back on from your local community that will encourage you and build you up. And that's the whole point of the church. And, um, there's messages to build you up and, and, push you further in your Bible study and, um, and all that stuff. And that's all great stuff. That's exactly what the church is supposed to be. Um, I do have quite a bit of a following out of the church in America. Um, so I have a lot of like overseas followers and stuff like that, but my perspective is obviously all coming from the American church, um, which really, really is an interesting topic because if you look at the churches and acts and the Bible times, um, it, it was very different than it is, at least in America. I can't speak for other countries. But um, in America, it's very, very performance. It's very, very um, put together, more like a show. A majority of messages are self-help messages um, where scripture is only mentioned for maybe two minutes and the rest of the message is 45 minutes of just speaking on a topic that somebody could read about in, like, a self-help book. And that's pretty harsh, but it's true. Like... A major that's that was a big thing for me is trying to find a place that a majority of the message is scripture and talking about the gospel and talking about Jesus for the whole time. That's what it's supposed to be. Um, but a majority of the church in America is not that way. Not all of them. I found some fantastic messages and pastors. Um, I'm currently attending a local church that has healed so much of what was broken from the bad experience that I had. And it is just such a sweet community full of believers that love God. And it's so real and authentic. And I love it so much. I love it so much. And so I'm so, so thankful for that. So keep in mind, like I'm still attending a local church. I have nothing against, I am all about it, <laughs> but, um, it would be inauthentic of me to pretend that there is not certain experiences that people have at churches where the leaders are not treating people correctly, um, weird stuff is going on behind the scenes, and um, of course there's going to be something at every church. There are certain churches that there's just some major stuff wrong, and I had to walk away um, because it was just not okay. Um, and so I'm not going to give a ton of detail, but I'm going to give a little because I think it's necessary to talk about my experience. It's not too bash anybody. I hope anybody from that church that would watch this video would be encouraged that like I still like there's no hate in my heart. There's no bitterness. Um, but there's just some stuff that I saw that was just really not okay. And I want to make sure that other believers 
know what to spot out and be like, okay, like, is this just a conversation I need to have or am I just in the wrong place? Um, so I want to talk about what church hurt is and what church hurt is not. Um, there's a lot of people, see the word church, like the words church hurt get thrown around a lot. Um, and like, let's say that you are attending like a really great local church body. Um, but you are currently like, you've been a believer for a long time. Um, but you know, you maybe you open up to somebody about how like you may be kind of like struggling with a certain sin or like living in sin or, or something along those lines, but you're serving at a capacity where that's probably not okay for you to still be struggling with that. If you're like serving and like leading people, um, of course the church is a place to be totally open. Like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me out? But there's certain things where like, if it's something that you're really struggling with and you need to take a step back from the platform, um, to like deal with that and get the help that you need. And there's people in your life, like lovingly telling you like, okay, this is what we need to do and having accountability. Um, but let's say that they tell you that and you disagree and you leave. That's not church hurt. <laughs> um, the church is meant to be a place full of believers that, you find those people that you can be accountable with, that you can be like, hey, like, you know, I'm struggling with this, or or they find out something that's going on and lovingly are like, hey, you know, like, as a Christian, like, this is what should be going on. It doesn't mean you're not going to have struggles. Like, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Um, I just hear a lot of people say, like, oh, like, the church hurt me. Well, they told me that I, I like, they told me that I couldn't be on this serving team because I am, like, doing drugs, and I just think that that's not okay, or because I'm, like, sleeping with someone before I'm married, and, like, they said that's not okay. I'm hurt by that church because that's so not fair. That's not church hurt. That is believers that love you and are telling you, hey, you've been walking with Jesus long enough to know that this behavior isn't okay. Let's talk about this. Let's work through it together um, so that we can get you to the place in your life where, like, you realize that, like, Jesus wouldn't have that for you and we can put you back where you want to be serving and all that stuff. That's not church hurt. <laughs> That's not church hurt. And there's lots of believers that will, like, disagree with something in the Bible, like something that's actually plainly in the Bible, and will leave and be like, the church hurt me. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, of course, we're all going to have issues with certain things in the Bible. Like, we're all going to be like, man, like, that just doesn't sit right with me. But the Bible is the Bible. So we're not arguing here what's true and what's not about the Bible. If you're a Christian, you believe that everything that God says in the Bible is true. That's just that. And if you disagree with it, of course, you're a human, you have feelings, and there's certain things where I'm like, oh, that doesn't sit right with me. Lord, help me understand that. Help me understand why you say that. Help me understand why that's a thing, um, why that's a rule, why you want that for my life. You know, There's no problem with that. But that's not what we're talking about today. Um, so I just wanted to clear that uh, first and foremost because a majority of people that I hear about hear this topic about, we'll talk about certain things. And I'm like, mm. now it's another thing if like they're bashing you or judging you and being like, how could you still be struggling with that? That's not okay. Like that's not the, I'm talking about somebody who lovingly calls you out. But if somebody is like spreading all your information to a bunch of people and making you feel horrible for struggling with something or, you know, that's not okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, that whole thing, that's not what we're discussing today. Today we're discussing what it looks like when you run into leaders in a church or run into some theology in a church that is just not okay. Um, and when you confront it, it is kind of like pushed under the rug. Um, people are very defensive and you find yourself in a place where you need to leave. 
um, just because you feel like the Lord is telling you this is not the place for me. Um, and that was the experience that I had. So I'm kind of going to go into a little bit of what I experienced. Um, yeah, I'm not going to make excuses for going. Like the people pleaser in me is like, don't talk about it because like people are going to hear it. And like, but I hope that they do because I want more than anything. I just want people to follow Jesus closely and to not hurt people the way that I've been hurt. Um, and then the people that are listening to this and have been hurt to not feel alone in some of the stuff that they've experienced. So, yeah. So when I was 15 through when I was 18, I went to that church back in my hometown, loved it. Great experience. Um, I did an internship with them. It was really awesome. And then from there I moved to central Florida. Um, right when I did that COVID hit, I attended online for a while. Um, and I didn't really go to any sort of church. And then I moved to a little bit of a different area, but still in Central Florida. And right when the churches opened back up, I joined a church. Um, and I will not say that these people didn't love Jesus. I really do believe that they did. I believe that they still do. I believe that they're, you know, they have good intentions. Um, and in the beginning, it, was, it really was a good experience. Like I, I made some friends and I like started attending the college ministry and it was a good time. Um, and if you guys have been following me for a long time, you guys were part of this whole journey. Like you watched me step into a staff role with this church um, and watched me like get really, really involved. Some of you even partnered financially with me as I stepped into like a missionary role with them, um, which I am so forever grateful. And a lot of you guys that were a part of that actually switched over to Patreon, which is really cool, which is just a way for me to be able to create content and create you know, ministry materials for you guys, um, why you guys get certain benefits, uh, for partnering with me financially. But yeah, so some of you guys even were part of this whole journey with me, uh, which is what made it so much harder to step away and not be able to really explain it. But I felt that it wasn't really my place to talk about it right then when I hadn't healed and I didn't understand a lot that was going on, but now it's been over a year and I see so much of God through everything that happened. But yeah, so basically, long story short, I stepped into a staff role very, very quickly. Um, and my role itself was actually really cool. Like I was supposed to go on college campuses and minister to college students. And um, I saw so many students give their lives to Jesus, um, high schoolers and college students. And it was really cool. Um, my role was to literally just meet with students back to back all day, um, go on college campuses, evangelize, all that fun stuff. And it really was like the job description, the actual thing that I was doing was really cool. Um, and it's something that I feel I have a skill in just like discipleship. Um, but there was just a lot of requirements of me behind the scenes that I just, because I was very young, um, I stepped into this role at 19 um, and I'm 21 now. Like, I feel like I've learned a lot over the last few years to know that a lot of the stuff that was going on was just really not okay. Um, and some of that, like, man, like I stepped into this like freshly 19 too. So yeah. So basically some of the stuff, I'm not going to get into like extreme details of some of the stuff, but it was like all I could, the best way that I can explain it, explain it is the actual congregation of the church was fine. Like it was like, you know, you attend on Sundays, whatever. There was a few theology things that kind of, made me question a few things and I can get into that more of that later. Um, but a majority of that I didn't really see until I was actually on the staff role. 
But as um, a staff member, I was required to be there, you know, the 40 hour work weeks, which is fine. But then it turned into 50 hours and then it turned into 60 hours, um, 60 plus hours. Um, there were some weeks where I was documenting 75 hours. Um, and anytime I tried to talk about needing rest or not understanding why, like the days that I have off were not days off it was always kind of pushed back as like, oh, well, you're not committed enough. Um, you need to be here. Um, and I found myself there literally night and day, not leaving um, from 8 to 9 a.m. until you know 10 at night after a service um, on some nights. And then days that I was supposed to have off on the weekends, being there literally all day for events. or um, And then anytime I tried to talk about it, it was oh, well, this is just what we do. This is just how it is. This is what we do. And I was like, oh, yep, you're so right. Um, but it turned very, very manipulative, very fast. And it was like, oh, well, if you don't feel, you know, called to this mission, then maybe you shouldn't be here. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I feel called. Like, I, I know God called me here, you know. Like, I, I know it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And I literally, like, gave myself away. Like, I was there night and day. And anytime I try to talk about it, those were the responses. And so that was the first indicator. Um, a lot of the stuff in my life was put on a back burner, including creation, which I know I'm called to 100%. Um, my relationship with my boyfriend at the time of several years, I had known him way longer than I knew any of them. Um, that played a big role in this as well. They did not like him and he's a believer and like we're walking in purity and like all that stuff. But uh, he lived far away and he couldn't really be there all the time and they didn't like that and wanted me to be like with somebody that would be there all the time and like fully support everything that they were doing. But he was like, Sophia, like my boyfriend was like, Sophia, you're spending way too much time there. Like you're not resting, like you're running yourself dry. Like you need to take some time off. And they did not like that. <laughs> um, and they told me that like my marriage with him wouldn't be blessed and told me that like he wasn't living right, which was not true um, and just a lot of stuff. And so they started manipulating my relationship and making me feel certain things about my relationship. Now, I'm still with my boyfriend. We worked everything out, praise God. Um, but yeah, so we've been together almost four years now. But And he walked through all of that with me and is a big reason why I'm okay. Um, and he stuck with me through all of, this is a really harsh word to use, but <laughs> all of the like brainwashing I feel I went through um, during this whole experience. Um, but yeah, so I was basically trained to believe everything in my life prior to being on this staff needed to be thrown away. Every good church experience, yeah, they weren't doing enough. They weren't good enough. Um, they didn't love Jesus like we do. I was kind of made to believe every other church other than where we are right now is not as good. We are the ones doing it right. Um, the other ones are not doing it right. It was very, very competitive. Um, and then from there, it was all numbers. It was like, okay, how many students did you meet with today? How many are getting saved? Um, and I literally had to keep a document of every student that I was discipling um, and share everything that I talked about with those students with my boss, who was the college pastor. Um, I had to share like all the intimate details of their life with him, um, which... Like, I was supposed to do that. Like, he could go in and read all those details. Like, I was supposed to document everything that happened in those meetings, which I feel is just very much not okay. Um, 
And it was the same thing was going on with me was I was meeting with somebody and she would document everything I would say and she would take all of those things and report right back to my boss um, of what, you know, th- certain things I was struggling with or just like talking about life. Like there was no privacy um, between like discipleship and it was all expected to be like, oh, well, he's in charge so he needs to know what's going on. But it was very, very much not... Correct. It was actually very gossipy. It was very, like, they needed to know, like, the leadership needed to know everything going on with everybody so that in big staff meetings, we could all talk about it. Um, And I actually confronted the leadership about this, and I said, hey, I feel really uncomfortable with how much we speak about other people. Like, we would have three-hour staff meetings where the entirety of the staff meeting was talking about people negatively. And I had obviously a very big issue with this and I hated that I wanted to confront it, but I did it because I felt like my boss in particular, like I felt like he had taken on like a fatherly role with me and like, I felt like he really cared about me. And so it was really hard for me to like confront a lot of this stuff. And because there was a lot of manipulation going on, I feel like he used that like relational aspect that we had to kind of forced me into this role of like, oh, well, you know, of course I care about you. You can tell me these things. And it's like, no, like this is private information about my, these girls that are speaking to me. You know what I mean? And it wasn't just that it was with a lot of things. And so I confronted it. I was like, Hey, like I'm really uncomfortable with how much this is. And he admitted that that was true. And he was like, so like sweet about it. He was like, yeah, you're right. Like we need to put a stop to that, whatever. But it just kept happening after that. And I was like, okay. And so there was just a lot of stuff going on. Like Just really, really bad stuff. Um, That was just the tip of the iceberg. Um, And during all this, I started going to counseling um, and getting a lot of help for my mental health. And I was diagnosed with several different anxiety disorders. Um, And he, like, the leadership was supportive of this, but also very, um, they were supportive that I was getting help. But they also didn't understand why I wasn't getting healed faster Um, and I would explain like at the time of going through all this, I was struggling with like suicidal thoughts, um, like a lot of really, really dark stuff, especially around like August through November of 2021, um, which is actually when I wrote my book. Um, and a lot of those dark feelings turned into poetry that is now in the book that I published, which is amazing. I'm so thankful for going through all of that. So hopefully it can help other people, but I was really struggling, like really, really bad. And now I'm realizing that a lot of that struggle was because I wasn't allowed to rest and I wasn't taking that time that I needed. Um, But at the time I was like, something's wrong with me. And I tried to open up to leadership about it. And they basically were like, you have a good life, get over it. And I was like, okay. Um, And so it just was a lot of stuff like that. I felt that I was being severely overused, um, very overworked, and I finally cracked. Um, And obviously there's a lot more details to all this. Um, I cracked and I basically told them like, hey, I need to step down. Like I need to not be a part of this. And that was so ridiculously hard for me. The biggest and hardest part of all of it was I had built an entire partnership team of people basically donating to me monthly to be a missionary. I had built up this whole team that was fully financially supporting me. And I had to tell them with little to no reasoning that I was 
like taking a step back, um, and stepping down from my position. Um, and it was so hard as somebody who's a perfectionist, as somebody who was so used to like working so much, like running herself dry and like wanting to get everything done to tell people. It basically felt like I had given up. It felt like I had abandoned what God called me to do. Um, it felt like it was just a horrible feeling. It was really, really horrible, but I knew I needed to do it because that role was quite literally killing me. Um, and the stuff that I was going through behind the scenes, uh, and a lot more stuff that I did not explain, um, of just very, very corrupt, um, and very not okay, manipulative things going on behind the scenes that were just not okay. Um, I made the decision for my health, but also the girls that I was leading, I was like, I can't condone this. I can't go and have meetings with these girls and pretend like everything's okay and show up for every single service and, and fully support that while also knowing what's going on behind the scenes. I can't do it. I cannot do it. And so I just felt dishonest, like staying in the role. It's like, I can't do it. I can't. So I told them I was stepping down. Um, and immediately, you know, I was met with very like, oh, like we love you so much. You are a part of this family, no matter what, like you are, like, we love you so much. You were definitely called here. Um, and that was literally the last time I ever talked to them. <laughs> uh, literally the last time, because that was not the case at all. Um, directly after this experience, they went to all the other staff members and told them I stepped down because I had severe mental health issues, Was which was not the reason I stepped down. I stepped down because of all the things I was seeing, and I told them that. Um, but I mean, a lot of the American church's image. So that obviously wasn't going to be talked about, um, which is fine. You know, I did what I felt like I needed to do. Um, and if they want to handle it that way, that's okay. Um, and I still went to the services for a little bit until after I left and I started realizing like some of the theology things that were just not okay either. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm done. Um, but the big kicker in all of this was what was communicated to the girls that I was discipling after me leaving. They were told that I was faking all of my um, like discipleship, that I was not a good example to follow, and they apologized on behalf of me for being a bad example and for not leading them to Christ and for um, just a lot of stuff. Um, I know this because there's a girl that also left and was part of all these conversations um, and, like, let me know, like, what was actually said and stuff that actually happened. And it was rough. Um, and I had a few friends that I stayed friends with after this. Um, but very shortly after, they all had meetings with those, my, with my ex-bosses and leadership uh, who told them that I was bad news. I was not someone to be friends with. Um, and they had meetings literally about me. Um, and all of those friends ceased to be my friends. Um, claimed that I was lying about the stuff I was going through. Um, lots of rumors were spread about my life. Um, a lot happened. Um, and that was obviously the big decision of, okay, I am leaving. Uh, not just leaving the church. I'm leaving the city. Uh, because there was literally nowhere to go that I felt safe anymore. I ran into somebody everywhere. Um, and just people thought they knew things about my life that were just not true. And I didn't necessarily feel the need to defend myself. Um, I never actually, because when I would try to defend myself on staff, it didn't work either. So I, I just kind of was like, okay, you know what, if they want to think these things, that's okay. Um, but yeah, 
So none of this is to be like, I hate these people or, you know, they don't love Jesus because that's obviously between God and them. Um, but I say all this because this is my legitimate experience with what happened to me. Um, and I'm sure people who have been on staff at churches have experienced some of this stuff too. Um, I feel like the closer up you get in leadership to some places, like you'll just see some stuff that's rough. And like every church has something, like I said before, but this was just not something I could just put up with and stay. Um, this was stuff that, even stuff that I didn't cover or talk about because it just isn't necessary. Overall, it was just very clear to me that God did not want me there and I needed to go somewhere else. Um, and this led me down a very dark journey of healing and rediscovering myself, rediscovering my relationship with Jesus, learning how to do things for Jesus and not for other people, um, breaking people-pleasing tendencies, um, learning when you're being manipulated, manipulated and when you're not, um, and just getting healthy um, and undoing all the stuff that was done uh, during that time. And I really feel like after over a year now, I feel like I am in such a good place. Um, and honestly, it took finding this local church that I'm going to and seeing what church is supposed to be again, because the church is not bad. Those are the body of Christ. Those are the people that are supposed to love you the most, love you the best, lead you towards Jesus. Um, and that's what this local church is doing. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm so excited. And of course, I'm sure there's, you know, everyone has stuff. But um, that, I think, is really what sealed the deal on me feeling fully healed and fully back to myself and knowing what the body of Christ is supposed to look like. Um, and so I'm a big fan of church. So this whole thing is not about bashing church at all. I'm just talking about my experience in a place that I really believe was just very bad for my mental health and bad for others as well. Um, and I, I wish that I could go into everything, but it's... It would take too long. It's just not worth it. Um, but I feel like you got the gist. You got the idea. Um, but yeah, so that was my experience. Um, and it was rough and it was hard. And I felt that God was silent through a lot of that. And I felt very, very alone. Um, I ended up moving to another city a little further from most of my friends. Um, I didn't have very many friends. And I was moving in by myself. Um, and loneliness was real and it still is sometimes, but I do have really good friends now, but it just was really rough. <laughs> um, but now I kind of just want to talk about like what next, like mentally, what next, if you've experienced something like this or church hurt at any level or just anything like this, uh, what next? Um, I am not going to lie to you. I didn't attend a church for a whole year. After that, um, I literally did not go back into a church building. I think maybe once. Um, I was attending online. I was listening to the messages. But I, I lacked fellowship. Um, I really did. Um, I was working 24-7. I was working on Sundays, so I wasn't even really able to go anywhere. Um, I was still reading my Bible every day. Like, I wasn't walking away from God. I just could not get myself to walk into a church building and not be afraid. <laughs> like, honestly. Um, Anytime I went in, like that one time I went, there was just like those trigger words that I had heard for that year to two years plus at that place that just like, like it just was too much um, for me. And I was like, okay, I need to re 
establish myself, reestablish my relationship with God, really discover what is church before I can feel comfortable going back. Um, and so I took a year off and I did all that and I missed the fellowship more than anything. I missed real genuine friendships, the genuine and, and true friendships that I had had at my church home in my hometown. Um, I was like, man, like I have not experienced that in so long. Cause so many of my friendships at the place that I worked at, um, was just, a lot of it was very inauthentic and, um, I felt that I didn't have like very many, very true and real friendships. And, um, so I missed that from like the high school years of like having those friends and having that encouragement, having those accountability buddies and all that stuff. I was like, man, like I need that again. And so I'm so thankful that I found that, but, um, it took me a year to really be confident enough to walk back in and be like, okay, I can trust that the body of Christ like is the body of Christ and, and God is putting me somewhere. Um, but what now, if you've experienced this and maybe you haven't gone back, maybe you're going back and you're nervous and it's hard. Um, I'm so with you and I so understand. Um, but let's get one thing straight. Your relationship with Jesus is not dependent on a church building. Like if you go to church, it doesn't make you a Christian. Um, like you could go to church every single Sunday and not be a Christian, or you could go to church never and be a really strong Christian. However, you do need fellowship. I will say that. That is very vital. What I would say, first things first, get back to the heart of God. If you're not spending time with Jesus every day after what you've experienced, please, please do it. Do not turn your back on Jesus because of what hurt people did to you. Um, it can be so painful and it can be so hard. And I know that a lot of this comes from leadership in churches. So that makes it even more difficult to trust Jesus but now's your shot. Now's your time to get to know Jesus personally. Um, this is God's challenge to you to get to know him personally, not through a leadership, not through a body of people, but just you and him. Now's your shot. Um, so start spending time with Jesus every day. If you don't know where to start, read in John, read about how much he loves you. Um, read Hebrews, read Romans, um, read about who Jesus is, read about what he did for you, read about how much he loves you. Um, and the second thing is rest. Like if you had experienced anything like I did where you were not resting, rest and learn how to take care of your mental health. Learn about who you are outside of a church building, outside of serving every second, outside of all the things that you were expected to be doing and ask yourself, did, were you doing those things for God or were you doing those things to look a certain way or feel a certain way or for a group of people? Um, and learn what he's asking you to do, just you and God. Have those moments with God. Um, and number three, I would say get versed. Get, know what the church is supposed to be. Um, this passage in Acts talks about it. Acts 2, uh, verse 42, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common um, and then skip down, it says, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. Um, they weren't at it for the numbers. They weren't at it for the number of seats uh, filled up in their homes. They were at it for, oh my gosh, these are my best friends. And maybe we're not all the same, but we have it all in common because we all love Jesus so much. And day by day, God added people who were being saved because they looked so different than the world. And they weren't, they didn't care about the numbers. They were like, yes, come, come have dinner with us, come hang out. Their church was in their homes and they 
celebrated God and they celebrated what he was doing for them and they sat together and they loved each other and they were generous and they helped each other and they ate together and they heard about each other's lives and it was beautiful. And that is what the church is supposed to be. And so, yes, um, the organized church today is in a building, but that but that's because there are so many saved people, which is amazing. Not everybody can fit in homes. Um, if you have a home church, though, that's so cool. And I wish I had that, um, which is what like life groups are for and like family groups and stuff. Um, and that's amazing. But the church building is supposed to represent those homes and acts um, of hanging out together and learning each other and, and knowing each other and loving each other and helping each other and um, being accountable to each other and just all that stuff. That's what the church is supposed to be. So make it your mission to find that. And you know what? If you can't find it, start it. Start a little group in your home. Find, go to a coffee shop. Find the girl that reads her Bible in the coffee shop and invite her to your house. Go hang out with her. Um, have little Bible studies if you can't find a local church. Um, but, but hunt. Don't sit back and hurt and turn on God because of it. Please go find Jesus in the church building, in the people that will truly love you and be genuine with you because I promise you they're out there. I promise you. Um, God has not abandoned his church. He's the one building up his church. He's the one putting these church plants on their hearts. He's the one drawing the people there. So go and join that and be a part of the fellowship, but make sure that it's not your whole life. Make sure that you are following Jesus just as hard Monday through Saturday that you are on Sunday. Um, make sure that you're not doing it for man. You're not doing it for applause. You're not doing it for somebody else. You're doing it for Jesus. And you're going to church, not because, oh, they'll see me. I showed up, you know, check, check mark. Um, or I served this week, check mark for the month. Like, no, you're going because you want that fellowship. You're going because those friends love you. Do you hear that car? Oh my gosh. You're going because those friends love you. You're going because that pastor cares about you and he knows your name and he cares about you. Um, you're going because... God has placed you somewhere in a group of believers, just like he did in Acts. Um, and that's what the church is supposed to be. So I'm begging you, do not think that the ways that those people hurt you is God's heart because it's not. Um, I've been a believer my whole life and I questioned, I was like, man, God, why would you let him do that? They're hurt people that hurt me deeply, hurt me so deeply. I know they love Jesus. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't know still to this day why they act the way that they do or why they acted the way that they did or why they did what they did to me um, and to lots of other people around me. Um, but that's, it's not my job to worry about why or if they love Jesus or not. My job is to now make sure that it's my mission to not hurt people that way, to talk about what the church should look like and to love Jesus with my whole heart, find other believers that love Jesus and build the church to be what it's supposed to be. So if you don't have one, start one. And I know that's so hard, but like what I mean is invite somebody over, have that fellowship, have that accountability until you're able to go find somewhere that you can have that group of people. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that I wanted to kind of cover about the topic. It is deep. It's heavy. It's hard. It's, it's the hardest thing I've ever gone through besides my childhood. But um, yeah, it was rough. It was a rough time. And it made me question so much about myself and so much about my relationship with Jesus. But I can say my God met me in that and he loved me better than anybody else ever will. And he understood me. And I think he was grieved over the way that I was treated and other people are treated. And, um, and he has healed me and I am better than ever, seriously, because I, I've been hurt by people who are hurting 
and I'm a hurt person and I'm sure I've hurt people. Um, but it's now my job to realize like, okay, that's not God's heart for me. So how can I show God's heart to the people around me? How can I love people like Jesus loves them? Um, how can I be part of a fellowship of a body of Christ that can go out and love people, um, the way that Jesus loves them and, and have them know Jesus too. Um, and so if you don't hear anything else from this whole conversation, that was not God's heart. God doesn't love you like that. God loves you with the most pure and unconditional love. He loves you outside of any organized building. He loves you outside of anything you've experienced. And I am begging you, as somebody who's experienced these things, don't walk away from Jesus. Please, don't. It's not, that is not his heart for you. Um, and also, don't give up on the body of Christ. Don't give up on the people that you're meant to do life with. Don't do it. If that church specifically is just not the place, then go find somewhere else where you can be loved and be authentic and have those friendships. Don't give up on it. Um, don't give up on it. I know it can be hard. I know it's so hard. I didn't go back for a year. I know it's so hard, <laughs> but don't give up on Jesus and don't give up on the people that will encourage you and love you and be accountable with you and, um, and, and build you up because that's what you need to have a successful Christian life. God says it in the Bible. It's all over the place. You need buddies. You need partners. You need pals that are going to go through life with you and love Jesus with you and teach you things you don't know about Jesus and you teach them things and um, you guys go out together and um, reach the people who don't know God. And so, so yeah, so that's my whole piece. None of that was meant to like, I hope that I worded everything okay. Like, it's a hard topic because I don't want anybody to feel like I'm being mean about certain people, but I, I really tried to just keep it to what I personally experienced as my experience in this kind of thing, just to encourage you guys. Um, as somebody who's experienced a deep level of this hurt that you can come back from it, and that's not how God feels about you. Um, so that was my whole goal in all of this, not to make a certain place look bad or a certain you know group of people feel bad. Um, it's really just my goal that those people who have experienced church hurt, that they would feel less alone and to make sure that they don't turn their back on God. Um, because I had that background of knowing Jesus prior to this, which is why I stayed so close to Jesus during it. But a lot of people are hurt by the church that they get saved in. And so I don't want that group of people to feel like that's Jesus because it's not. And I've had fantastic experiences with the body of Christ. So don't give up on them. Um, but yeah, that's everything that I wanted to say about that. It's rough. It's hard. Um, if I said anything incorrectly, I really am sorry. It's such a hard topic. And um, please hear my heart because the last thing I want to do is is be negative because that's not that was not the goal of this. So please hear my heart on all of that. Um, but yeah, if you have any other questions about this um, or any other thoughts or um, things you would like me to answer, um, or other topics for the podcast and YouTube and all that stuff. I'm so open to it. Usually my stuff is a lot lighter than this, but I felt like it needed to be talked about. I know that so many people that follow me have experienced things like this. Um, but yeah, if you want to be more involved in, um, in what I'm doing and get connected with me and the other people that are part of this, you can go over to my Instagram. Um, it's spark.passion. Um, and then I also have a TikTok where I share a lot of my daily life, um, which is sof.light, S-O-P-H dot light. Um, and yeah, I have so many other things. There's a Patreon where you can get benefits, um, while also supporting me monthly to create, um, 
and all of that is linked just on my Instagram. Um, I also, in the midst of all of this hurting from the church, I wrote a book. Um, a lot of it is poetry, just really uh, <laughs> the deep emotions of rediscovering myself, rediscovering my relationship with Jesus, all that good stuff um, is in that book. And the link to go buy that book, it's called The Great Unraveling. It's on Amazon um, through Kindle. Can also get you can get a paperback version and the Kindle version. The link is in my bio on Instagram as well, or you can just type in "The Great Unraveling" by Sophia Light on Amazon, and it pulls right up. Um, I've gotten such fantastic feedback, and so it's just so sweet. Um, and I wrote a lot of that in the midst of all the stuff we just talked about. So if you're struggling with that kind of stuff or struggling in finding yourself and finding your real relationship with Jesus, I really highly encourage you to go read that. Um, God really met me there in those pages and I hope that he meets you while you're reading them. Um, and yeah, just lots going on. So go connect with me over there. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, I also have a Patreon, uh, wait, if you're watching on YouTube, I also have a podcast. If you're listening on my podcast, I also have a YouTube. So, um, this video or podcast is available in both locations, but most of my content is different on YouTube than it is on my podcast. So if you don't follow one of those, go check those out. Um, but yeah, it is my goal to be doing this all full time this year. So I'm hoping to put out lots more content. Um, and yeah, most of my stuff is just to help you in your Bible studies, help you in your relationship with Jesus, help you just in your lifestyle, watching a Christian go through her life. So hopefully it encourages you to just keep loving Jesus through your Monday normal life as well. Um, but yeah, I love you guys. This is a hard topic. Um, but thank you for trekking with me during the whole thing. Um, you guys are a big reason why I feel still so um, confident and, um, you're a big reason that I healed so quickly in my relationship with Jesus. Um, and why I just, I see Jesus through all of you guys every single day and just this platform that he's given me to talk about him, um, and to learn about him through you guys. And, um, and yeah, I just feel like I'm a student learning every day more and more about him. And a lot of that is because of you guys. And so I really appreciate you guys and I love you so much. And, um, I will see you next time. Tell me what else you want me to talk about what other videos, what other podcasts you want. And I would love to do all that. So I love you guys so much and I will see you next time.